Hello and welcome to El Governor the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and today I'm joined with, introduce yourself, good sir. Hello, my name is John Van Doren. And uh, the first question is the obvious one. How did you get started and what made you want to get into voiceover? Oh, boy. Well, uh, getting started, uh, this, I, I, I've been doing voiceover freelance, like, professionally for about, like, I want to say four years now, but I, I started getting interest in it back in like 2014 uh, when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, there was uh, uh, there was just one day me and my grandma went out to like Walmart and there was like a Radio Shack adjacent to Walmart. And I was like, oh, my gosh, grandma, can I please get a blue snowball? And I, I can I can start doing like voiceover stuff. And I just started doing that you know didn't did fan projects and uh that was that was that was the main start to it all uh i my interests kind of uh rose from growing up with cartoons animation uh i i didn't get too much of an interest in like the actual voiceover part of it until i started watching a lot of anime and noticing a lot of recurring voices and like i've heard that voice before and just like researching it and just like realizing oh yeah there's there's stuff that happens behind the behind the tunes so and uh what made you want to specifically get into voiceover full-time to be fair it's just really fun uh i i do uh not not as frequently, but me and uh, my my roommates uh, have this uh, YouTube channel, uh, Radix Studios, where we also make like a lot of short films, and I do a lot of like the audio editing for it and some of the visual editing and on camera acting. But um, really, just it the the most interesting thing about voiceover is that, and it's not just specifically with anime, even though that's probably what anyone who's heard of me probably knows me for uh was uh the ability to just play characters that you can't normally play uh because i definitely i i wouldn't say i necessarily look how i sound uh in in a sense but uh it's it's just really fun getting to play around with different characters and to just like not have to worry about getting the perfect shot having to wait around for like lighting setups because that always takes forever and there's there's always mishaps on sets and uh it's it's it always just takes forever but i love just getting into it and uh voiceover has just been the most fun i've had with performing and um how did you get involved in anime uh that wasn't until recently uh where my my first uh my my first role that i booked was in full dive uh, which aired in the summer of uh, 2021. That was the first the first anime that I ever booked, and uh, has been one of my like bucket list goals since I started doing it back in 2018. Uh, started doing like actual freelancing for gigs, so it just it just kind of like stumbled. I I, I made a really uh, like an okay ish demo reel. Uh, the the one that I have currently is the one that I've used since i started doing it freelance and i would just like throw my demo just wherever i could uh it it didn't matter like what studio it was i was just trying to get my name out there to as many studios as possible and uh sound cadence uh decided to to just add me to their roster which was awesome and i just got the got the sides got the part it's uh I just auditioned <laughs> super exciting story. And um, how was the dubbing process for you? You know, what, you know, was it something easy to get into or did it take some time? Oh my goodness. It, it certainly took a little bit of adjusting because I was used to uh, recording projects just uh, solely from a script or like, maybe like character art, maybe like storyboards, stuff like that. So actually dubbing over uh, lip flaps and uh, y- you are limited uh, to it's, it's, I, I, 
it's it's more of like an actual technical process where you it you have to be a little more strategic with like how you read lines you know you have to kind of like communicate with directors and be like hey i think this line uh would work better like sometimes you do a read it's bad and the line needs to be changed for the purpose of uh matching the timing uh so it's very much a back and forth kind of like test the waters process but testing the waters is sometimes the final product because a lot of it is like okay take go take go take go it's it's very fast paced uh because you got a lot of ground to cover in a in a short amount of time i mean especially nowadays when everyone is so used to recording from remote and you're starting to see a lot of up and comers coming into these shows and some of them are good some of them are kind of oh boy <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a very daunting process, and I feel like people underestimate how. Like I said this before previously in a previous episode when discussing anime, mm. I, I am in awe of all the people who are able to give these great performances and match all the lip flaps because that is like, that is not easy. Oh, I I commend each and every one of them because. Uh, you know, it's it's been an interest of mine for years, like since I since I was in high school. But um, actually, like doing it for the first time, I I definitely, I it's not that I like wasn't um, appreciating like the craft of doing like anime dubbing and just like how it's done. But it was definitely a lot harder. Like it, it was a huge adjustment period doing it for the first time uh in session so that was uh it, it was just a huge learning curve for me and uh doing it more and more i definitely got the hang of it over time and what is your what is uh your favorite thing about what you do and what's your least favorite thing about what you do mm. well my favorite thing uh honestly one thing that i love about like specifically with anime dubbing is you get to see the final product like as you're going um maybe not like you don't watch the full episode from start to finish but uh it's it's really nice having that reference footage so like you watch it uh you know as i'm sure a lot of people i i'm i'm pretty sure a lot of people know how it works but uh whenever you're about to do a line they give you the read that the original japanese performer uh, would do and then they cue you in to do your own uh, variation of that where you match the lip flaps afterwards so it's nice getting that reference and it's nice getting to see the scene and see what's going on because uh, I'm very much like a a visual like uh, learner or like interpreter it's easier for me to work with stuff that I can look at but sometimes for like other indie projects people will <laughs> some some clients that I've worked with will just send me like Microsoft Word documents that's like the code for the script of the game so I have to go through the actual code and I have to like piece out what my lines of dialogue are and there's just no context there's no structure and I just kind of have to wing it which you know not not to say I don't wing in some aspects because that's just kind of what you do when you perform, but uh, it's nice having that uh, visual reference when dubbing. Um, man, the least favorite part, though, uh, honestly, probably just like when it's over, like to to be real, it's just it sucks, man. It's. When I did theater in high school, uh, after we would finish a, a performance uh, that, that we worked on or just a show for the season, uh, it would just be like, okay, the show's dead. Let's tear down the set. And like everyone would just get over it, but I was never able to get over it. And it's kind of the same thing with whatever I work on. I just get so attached to the characters and it's so much fun and I just want to keep doing it. But, you know, all good things. So it sucks. Yeah, but it's not like theater because the, nowadays anime is more popular than ever, and for when sure. a show when a show ends, it's just going to be on streaming forever. So it's like, hey, you know, I will always have the memories. Yeah, I, I guess more specifically, just like the process of actually getting to go in and work on it, 
and and just like leaving that part behind just kind of sucks but yeah you're you're absolutely right it's it's always a pleasure getting to like whenever it pops up out of nowhere or sometimes you just watch it with friends or hey you know if you really want to get old school you can be like hey you know i I worked on a show that said it's airing on toonami you know check that out oh that's the dream that's the dream um and um yeah growing up uh, what were some of your favorite animes oh boy uh so the first one that i ever watched that really got me into it was soul eater uh that was that was a big one for me i was obsessed with that i watched that show when i was like i think 12 years old uh and grew up with that show uh i watched it a ton um so that was definitely one of my favorites for a while um i know as of recently uh steins gate has been pretty up there uh i absolutely adore that show i just ordered one of the box sets for the original series recently so i've got that now i just got to get the zero collection and play all the visual novels and stuff but uh steins gate soul eater um i remembered really loving guilty crown uh Gosh, there's so many shows that I could that I could talk about. I should get like my my anime list or something up. <laughs> but I feel like I'd just be talking about each and every one of them. And um, I, with those shows, you know, do you ever go back and you know uh, study a, an actor's performance on those shows? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, of course, whenever I first got into it, I wasn't necessarily studying because, uh, like, when I was a kid, I, I mainly just wanted to like. Uh, be like a comic artist and so like I, I would just like practice like drawing and stuff i never really paid attention to uh performers necessarily until uh it actually became an active interest so uh there was uh so sometimes i'll like if if i remember like a character or a, like a performer who's in a show sometimes i like to go through and like see what all they've done and just like uh go through their roles and seeing the differences between their decisions or seeing what characters are similar and how they can bring more of themselves into a character or seeing like the sweetest person imaginable playing like just the shittiest <laughs> villain in a show. <laughs> um, so uh, I definitely study a lot of performances in, uh, in anime, uh, but I also, I'm huge into film, absolutely love filmmaking uh, so I also study um, a lot of those performances too. And of course, for many like video games, um, there's there's a huge variety of different styles of performances that you can get from doing voiceover for animation games or on-camera acting. There's, there's, there's a lot that you can take away from each aspect and bring it in, like hone in uh, the the skill and like utilize it, I suppose. And does it feel weird hearing yourself in anime? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to put it simply, yes. Uh, I, um, it's not going to make much difference now because I'm going to be moving like a week from now. But I'm, I'm just in the middle of, of Springfield, Missouri. You know, I never, never thought ever that like while I was still in my hometown that I would ever get to work on stuff like this. And it's mind blowing it of course like very unfortunate as to like why remote sorry remote recording became more of a uh i guess popular thing for performers to be able to do it it it's it's kind of like the just like a a positive that we can take away from everything happening with uh covid and uh the pandemic uh it's it's one one positive thing is that there are so many talented people who just can't afford to move across like across the country and move to local studios and um it's it's awesome getting to hear so many different people even outside of the united states like oh my goodness philip sacramento in tribe nine as taiga i i as biased as i am like philip is a master class like and anytime he's on screen, I'm losing my shit. He like I I want to say that Tyga is probably my favorite character just based off of how amazing Philip is as a performer, 
And it just, it sucks to think that there's a world where we wouldn't get to have that kind of talent uh, utilized in, in the voiceover industry. So having remote recording is such a, such a positive, such a positive thing and allows more people to, to get to try it out. And uh, so I'm, I'm very lucky, very, very lucky that I got to be one of the few to do it so early on into my career. Um, even though I'm just in the Midwest, nowhere near any studios that do that do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean that's the problem is like you kind of need to move to a specific location to get work, which I yeah. think is kind of like nowadays it's like everything's recorded from home anyway. So it's like why do you need to be in LA or New York or Texas to, to oh, do yeah. these shows? I don't know. For sure. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh people that would even do remote work for things that we would only assume are in studio. Um, of course there's like stand-ins for very rare occasions. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing new. It's just something that's become more of a, uh, just something that's kind of become more of a current lifestyle kind of thing with how, with how voiceover is, is because remote's always been a thing, but it's never been for, uh, I guess more specifically anime. I'm not, I'm not too educated in like other fields and who does remote and who doesn't. Um, but it, it was definitely uh, a very common thing, but not for bigger projects, I suppose. I mean, it was, it was just something that we needed to get used to. Like I, I remember when the pandemic first started, everyone was like panicking and buying all the, all the expensive equipment. Cause everyone was like, you know, do I have a studio quality set up at home to do this? And Right. Yada, yada, yada. And, but it kind of shocks me that whenever I have someone on and they tell me like, oh, no, dude, everything I've done has been remote. I'm like, wow, that, that's pretty amazing because you've worked on so many of these like different games and shows and like everything's done remote. Everything's done remote. And I'm like, I, I don't you know, not to not to dredge up an old topic, but. I don't understand why anybody would look at what's currently going on with remote recording and being like, nope, we don't want that anymore. Everyone has to be in studio. You know? mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's it's difficult because I, I'm still so new to everything and I'm still learning a lot. Uh, so I don't really know how things work in studios. And uh, I, I've just kind of... Uh, got I, i've been very fortunate the these these past like this past year and a half or so um with opportunities that i've been given but uh yeah there, it, it could just be a process i don't know but it, like it, it's obviously been working so i don't see why there's any reason why we should stop um i know like equipment standards could be one thing but there are so many different like types of equipment that are so affordable that get the job done you know you don't have to spend three thousand dollars on a neumann u87 just to be <laughs> just to be able to record for anime my uh for full dive uh the first gig i booked in anime i i was using a studio projects b1 for my mic um and i have an ssl2 interface which is great but uh like that mic it's like it's 150 bucks and you can just buy it off sweetwater and it's it's it sounds great um, the B1 or the C1, they're both great models, uh, for being pretty affordable microphones. What, what do you mean? You gotta, what do you mean? You don't have to have the most expensive equipment to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's another point of contention where it's like, uh, what, what is, and what is in studio quality? It's like, mm -hmm. it's easy. It's easy to say we want it to sound studio quality, but it's like, well, what do you mean by studio quality because i've seen big name hollywood actors record entire entire series from their closets with uh what was it an at 2020 so it's like yeah. you know what, what is what is and what isn't studio quality is still up for debate yeah it's it's crazy because there's like um I, I know one of the main uh things that people try to look out for is having consistent sound where it doesn't sound like a lot of performers are recording from different places and that they're all in one place. But uh, it gets to a point where like 
no one person is going to have the same sound to where it wouldn't make that much of a difference anyway. Uh, and like it, it comes down to styles too, where like, say you're dubbing a project that released in like the seventies, you know, <laughs> it's, it's probably not going to matter too, too much. Um, but I could just be saying absolute nonsense. Cause I, uh, I'm not as experienced in the mixing engineering field uh as as i am with just performing so i don't want to speak for anyone but just off the top of my head that's what i think about oh i should mention that all views expressed in this podcast do not represent anybody in particular oh okay (laughs) (laughs) you know just because we live in a world where you know you have to be like in my opinion because you know people can't understand that uh you know what you're saying is in your opinion and not fact. Mm. It's always, which has always bothered me. But, um, so how did you get involved in Tribe Nine? Well, uh, if if I'll be like the this the straight answer is just I just got the sides. <laughs> I, I I got the audition sides for it. Uh, I know. Um, uh, Marissa absolutely love Marissa Lenti. Uh, so grateful to them for casting me in this project. But I guess more specifically uh, with Kazuki, uh, the way that I booked him was I auditioned for Shun Kamiya, who's the the protagonist played by uh, played by Jacob. And uh, there's, I, I I guess they just took the the sound for. Uh, for what I did for Shun and just applied it to Kazuki and just sent me the sides for Kazuki as like a round two, uh, like later. Cause sometimes uh, sides will be sent out in batches where they may not cast everyone all at once, but uh, Marissa was just a daredevil and just sent the sides out and was casting everybody just based off of uh, what, uh, what they did for certain characters. So um, it's always safer to audition, even if it's something that you may not see yourself being a complete fit for, because who knows, like they could be eyeing you for a completely different character, uh, or even a completely different project. Um, so it's, uh, I, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I got Kazuki. Um, and it's, it's weird too, because I almost didn't even, uh, audition for, for Kazuki cause I, I had some, conflicts with my home studio uh and uh i think i i I saw the deadline was like uh at eight o'clock and i was like okay yeah it's it's not due until um until 8 p.m so i'm i'm good i'll just record it tomorrow um and then i looked at the email again and it was like one in the morning i saw it was actually due at 8 a.m so seven hours from the point that I realized I had to turn it in. And so it was a very last minute thing. And all of my roommates were asleep. So I couldn't go in my booth. Uh, I did like a take earlier that I wasn't super proud of. And so I just like had that. And then I did like uh, um, like another take from like my current uh, setup, which is just at my desk. Uh, and I just like, I, I basically just like fudged it and just like sent it in and was like, Hey, I'm so sorry. You know, they're both not the same quality of like some stuff came up and I couldn't get it like to be exactly how I wanted it. And, uh, I, I, I wasn't even going to submit it because I, I just thought that it was just so shit. Um, and I, I had to ask my buddy, uh, Ryan McKeon for just his advice and his words were just, dude, fucking submit. that." <laughs> So I'm always going to be taking that advice. Just, just submit. Even if you think that it's bad, if you think you're not going to book it, you would be surprised because I sure was. Oh, what, what did uh, Cameron Nakat say when I had him on submitted and quit it? <laughs> that was the best yeah. advice he ever got. And I'm like, yep, that, that that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, that's just the magic of, of just being a performer. Um, it's it's always hard to like flip off that switch of like not thinking about it because this was one that I thought about. I um I I've been such a fan, like such a huge fan of the Ding on the Ding on Rampa franchise and Akudama Drive and um 
whenever I saw the audition sides, I screamed at the top of my lungs because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I get to, I get to try out for something like this. Like, oh my, oh my goodness. Um, so that, that was just such an honor in of itself to um, get to work on something that was attached to Kodaka's name uh, who I've just looked up to for, for all of their other projects. I mean, that was the only reason I even like bothered to watch a show. I'm like, Oh, Kodaka did the, you know, uh, character designs and it, it has this style. I'm like, okay, I, I'm interested. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's so awesome. I I love it so much. Cause I went into this blind, like I had no idea this was a sports anime. I just looked at the character designs and I'm like, Oh, it's probably like a, a shonen, which, you know, spoiler alert, it becomes a shonen by like the last two episodes, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it tried to be like a sports anime for the first couple of episodes. Anyway, I think uh, like the main purpose of, of the tribe, like, this is just me thinking, I, I don't know what the, like the development side of the show intended, but the way that I've always thought about it was that this was definitely just like promotional material to advertise for the game coming out eventually. Um, it's just so awesome that they got to do it uh, and make it into a show and that sound cadence got to work on that. Um, Cause uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just never s- something that I thought I would even get the chance to try out for. It's also weird because your character plays such a big part. And I, I, I think that is just amazing because one of the things I love about, you know, uh, current dubs is that they, they're not afraid to take the chance of giving these big parts to complete unknowns and being like, yeah, sure. They, because they are the right person for that, for that role. I'm like, yeah, good on you for not, uh, for, for taking a chance of not playing it safe. I will always be grateful because <laughs> it, it was, it was one of the most fun challenges uh playing Kazuki every single session I went into it, it was just another bundle of surprises because I didn't know anything about him like Marissa would tell me like a little bit like give me bits of information and they would say like oh yeah this this has something to do with Kazuki and like this may have something to do or like think about this when you're doing it and so it'd be like th- these little like like nudges or like little jabs of just like teasing and uh so for every single session i was doing i was just confused (laughs) um because he's such an oddball character and it's just all over the place with being suspicious for completely no reason like no reason at all um literally one of his first lines of dialogue is like oh yeah shun kamiya sent me here when I don't even know if they talked, <laughs> like that could be a lie. It could have, it could have been the truth, but like, there's just there's so many things that he just gets away with for just being a little weasel, and it's it's almost like the the boy who cried wolf in a sense, where he just is constantly lying, and you can never tell when he's actually telling the truth. <laughs> so it's it's just so it's so much fun, and he's such a such a wild. Uh, character to play for my first like big project and um as the series went on were you shocked that that he played a big part in the entire thing oh yeah (laughs) that that caught me off guard because uh you know i i've been following the game a little bit uh and like i i saw that kasuki was part of the the minato tribe so uh i figured he would have like some sort of recurrence uh, but after watching the show when it was first starting to air, I was like, okay, great. Yeah, we, we've got the Minato tribe. We've got all the characters. Where's Kazuki? Where is he? Where's that Where's that little blue rat boy at? Uh, and so seeing him just kind of like pop up in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden at the halfway point of the season, the arc completely transforms into being about him and Ojiro. It was such a shock for me. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it was just the gift that kept on giving. <laughs> it was such a fun, fun experience for me. 
Yeah, because like you would expect, you know, again, spoiler alert, because uh, this at this point, like it's kind of tough for me to talk about this show without that's yeah going that's into valid. spoilers because it's like uh, yeah i've alluded to it but you know you've got your of... warning now people <laughs> but uh, because um in in i think the third episode um shun dies right and, at the end yes yeah yep. i mean at the end of the third episode and that kind of caught me off guard i'm like huh that's kind of weird that they would kill off like the the guy that they set up to be like the main character <laughs> I think that caught everyone off guard. It's like, yeah, we found June's uh, dead body that morning and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever it just episode four started off and it was, it was just uh, Haru just narrating like, yeah, no, we've, we found his body. And cause you never know if a character's dead until you see them. So like seeing June dead, it, it was just such a, such a, left field you know they i i never see shows do like like do stuff like that and then you have you know kazuki's introduction where he just literally shows up in the middle of a game and being like hey these guys are using the 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 team is using tunnels and that's how they're beating you (laughs) yeah he just he just goes in like hey yeah you guys suck you know you you guys need me shun sent me here let's let's get this ball rolling and it then from there it's just a non-stop roller coaster it's just it's one of the i think um like it's not a bad show but i can like i have a lot a lot of issues with it because i feel like like there's a lot of padding in 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 certain episodes that that kind of just wonder like you know was this really necessary like did we really need an entire episode that was just nothing but fan service. Like, did we really need that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just kind of that's just kind of like how how the how the magical world of anime operates. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely some some interesting structures, but I mean, just knowing uh, Kodaka's work, I, I've always just like kind of trusted his vision, uh, and he. It, it honestly just the the show itself just makes me even more excited for the game. Yeah, because um, we don't get to see a lot of the tribes, you know, because you know towards the end where um, where it becomes a free for all, we get to see glimpses of the other tribes, but not yeah. in, not in any full action. And I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I kind of want to see more of the tribes. <laughs> we got that sneak preview for the for the season, so yeah. Which you know the the tribes they did show off. They all had very very different, uh, <laughs> like very different vibes to them. Uh, so it's cool to see like the madness behind what all of these tribes can do, and the fact that there's more of that that's like coming into like uh, coming into play later on is just it's it's weird thinking about like oh well what what can they possibly do from this point? And then you look at the games art and there's like an actual fucking tiger with sunglasses. <laughs> it's like, okay, so that would be cool to see in the show, but I guess that'll just be a nice little surprise. <laughs> so, I mean, which one was your favorite tribe from the show? Cause I, I don't like, I, I haven't kept up with any of the game information. So I don't like my, my knowledge is only, <laughs> I'm an anime only guy <laughs> when it comes to this. That's yeah, and that's totally valid. Uh, so I don't know like anything about the other tribes that are outside of the anime, but as far as like the ones that do appear in the show, um, I've always found the Ota tribes super, super cool, and they're just so chaotic. And uh, I, I love the writing for all of like their character interactions, and um, absolutely, like oh my goodness, Samuel Drake uh, as Fucho was such a good decision uh knocks it out of the park every single scene that he's a part of and um the i i just i love how how chaotic and goofy and uh just you you never know what to expect with the ota tribe and i think that just keeps it so interesting now they were my favorites because i love how to set them to set them up there's this entire scene where they're like, "Hey, we did the thing you asked us to do," and uh, one of them tries to kill, you know, the the leader, and he's like, 
bollocks dude you're not gonna do that it's like (laughs) (laughs) and then like after he's done you're thinking oh one guy's just gonna betray him right and then like the entire room behind him like opens up and you see like 20 different people trying to kill him at the same time and it's like it's it's awesome it's just it's just pure chaotic madness which is exactly what the ota tribe stands for so it you know it's thematical it makes sense for them and I just love how they set them up as like, oh, these guys aren't going to be important later, right? Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> but, but I mean, I think to me, like, those are – the Oda Tribe arc was probably my favorite uh, two episodes out of the entire thing because I love seeing them be betrayed as actual villains. And I love that they didn't give a shit about XB. They're just like, what is this? Can we just – can't we just murder them and just get them yeah. I mean, really, the the Ota tribe was the beginning of like, um, us. Of course, aside from episode two, with you know everything with uh, Shun and Ojido and uh, the the Chiyoda tribe against Minato. Um, but the Ota tribe, that whenever they were introduced, that was whenever the story was really taking a shift. Uh, where you got to learn more about Kazuki, you got to learn more about his background and what his motives are, and uh, you got to learn like how the team reacts to that and what true and like what the true ambitions are um and then just everything leads to just uh it's it's just one like domino after another of just unfortunate events or just like wild events leaning towards the end of the show and whenever they come in i think it's it's just a non-stop ride from there because i just love that um you know they're so chaotic and they I love how they actually tried to rig the game in their favor. Yeah. 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 By really interesting ways where it's like, oh, we're down a hundred points. You know, there's, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get a hundred points. And then like these trucks just start (laughs) showing up with with all these jobbers. And you're like, oh yeah, those guys are on our team. So we're just going to start scoring points. (laughs) They disabled those, those umpies and, and took advantage of it. And that's just, that's just the, the Ota tribe way. I also love how they're color coded. Like everyone is wearing like green tactical gear, so you know that they're part of the Oda tribe. <laughs> and, I mean, and you had like other characters. You had the business guys at the beginning, and they were they were like stereotypical villains. Or it's like, oh, we need we're gonna we're gonna beat you guys in a game of baseball so we can sell your data. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, and of course, like. You know, we're we're already past like spoiler point, but well, uh, I, I love what one of my favorite interactions was uh between uh Kazuki and I can't remember the character's name off the top of my head, but it was it was the uh basically the strategist of the uh I think it's the Shinagawa tribe. Uh it is is what they yeah, yeah. Um whatever it's just like her saying like hey yeah I'll, I'll if act now and you'll get a discount on on the enemy's information and it's i i just i i <laughs> the the first thing that you see from them is just them just giving them a business card and it's just so funny and as weird as episode seven was i kind of have to love the fact that only in anime can they introduce like a, a one-off villain this late into the series and his entire plot was, oh, I did this entire fake tournament just to get a bat. Okay. <laughs> it's it's insane. The stakes of that of that bat and what they hold, you know. People people go mad for that kind of stuff. I also love how they set, try to set up, you know, uh, at you know towards the end where um, you I don't remember her name when you know she takes over, you know, the final fight. You know, and she starts kicking balls, and everyone's bat starts breaking. Oh, Yui, yeah, 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 yeah. Y- Yui. She was she was the best. She was great. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah, <laughs> like when she starts, she takes off her her, her clothes, and it's like a, wearing a cat suit, and she starts like kicking the balls, and it's like, oh boy, <laughs> we got the, the the most interesting thing about like the Chiyoda tribe for me is like their pitching methods, where you have Yui who kicks them, and Oji oh, don't just just socks him with his fist it's great 
And I think she had my favorite line of the entire series where it's like, uh, look up, look up upwards, gentlemen, the, uh, the heavens are coming, crashing down on us. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Cause I just love that where it's like, uh, where she, where she's like, oh, you're fired. You know, this is, this is not honorable, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, fire me. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's it's such a weird anime, but it's, but I, I didn't, like, yeah, there were a couple episodes where I felt, like, dragged a little bit, and I can, I, I honestly think you should just skip episode 10 and just get right to, you know, the ending, because it's, episode 10 is just like, hey, you know, should we do something? We should do something for 24 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely just a lot of kind of build up for the, for the last couple of episodes. But but I mean it's you know for all its faults it's a very interesting anime and I do like the setting but I just mm-hmm. feel like you know I I feel like they should have went more with it I I wanted to see like the other tribes and like how they interacted with each other because it was just told from the point of view of like one tribe and that's like okay fine I understand that from a from a narrative standpoint where it's like you know we kind of need to, to tell it from you know it's the it's the underdog story. But then, yeah. you know, but, but towards the end, it's like, oh, no, it's this is a shonen anime. So it's like, OK, fine. Yeah, the 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 story's purpose is definitely to kind of like um, the kind of like passing the baton from Shun to Haru and just seeing like because uh, at, at the end of the day, I definitely think Haru is like the protagonist of the show. Um, and it, it, it's kind of just about like seeing him go through uh like the challenges of his past and adapting to XB and gaining confidence in himself. And uh, then you get to the end of episode 12 and he gets to say, uh, say, say the Shun line, uh, let's play ball. And it's just like, okay, it's the the rite of passage. Um, so I think that's what the main, the story of, of tribe nine is just about that, but it would have been really, really cool to see, um, more of like the other tribes' worlds because we really only got to see um, the uh, Chioda and um, oh, was it just no? They they played on someone else's uh, as well. Oh, it, it might have been the Adachi tribe. I think is is the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for episodes four and five, so it, it would have been really cool to see like all of the different uh um tribes and like how their games operate and all that jazz yeah because the way it's set up it's like you know they get their asses handed to them their leader dies and it's like oh now yeah. we gotta gotta get the band back together and get that rematch so i would i had assumed that they were gonna the rest of the season was just gonna be them uh fighting bu- a bunch of other tribes in in um you know in xb and getting good and you know uh, working together as a team and then then you can get to the main event but no <laughs> that was that did not happen but i mean it's just it's it is an anime that i i i, I um you know i've said this before i'm I'm someone who has a hard time you know keeping up with a lot of modern shows because there's like just so much content but it's like you know what it's only 12 episodes let me see if i can like get through this in like a day or two and yeah and it was an easy watch it wasn't like uh i there was never a point where i felt i was bored or i'm like why am i watching this like there it was it was fine it was okay and i i'm just kind of curious to see where it goes from here yeah yeah that's that's totally valid uh it definitely does a good job of just keeping up the energy because and i don't even know like that much about the game because like is it going to be like a baseball game is it going to be a sports game like what is it because i know it's a mobile game so i'm kind of like okay what what does that what does that entail yeah i i don't know too many details uh about the game itself uh i know it's supposed to be kind of like uh an rpg game which is very different from uh like the danganronpa franchise at the very least uh so it'll be interesting to see how that works but uh yeah, the I I think the main thing is is it's just supposed to be an RPG game where they they play XB 
just go around and see all of the tribes that are that are like in the game's promotional material. Because um, I had been following it since it's like just announced. Uh, I remembered I was just like in a Discord call with like I think it was just my friend Rebecca and we were just just scrolling and and she was like oh my god there's there's a new project by by Kodaka and we were like what and saw it was Tribe Nine we were like baseball what and we saw the trailer with Shun hitting the ball and we were just so hyped and so I I've been following Tribe Nine since day one but. Uh, since that teaser like first released i i hadn't really seen anything or really been on the lookout for any other details um and then i just got the audition sides for the show and just lost my marbles and you know was it was it weird like watching the entire thing fold out while you were working on it uh what 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 do you mean like I mean, was it a weird process, like seeing, you know, you playing this character and, and you know, as, as it went along, it's like, oh, no, it, this guy isn't isn't a one off. He's actually oh, really important. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like seeing all of the all of the different like story driven twists between. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was it was insane because like every single episode, there's like another detail that you find out about him, but you really don't. uh see much of like who Kazuki really is until uh you get to the Ota tribe and then Fucho just outs Kazuki and everything that he's doing and um so it was it was awesome getting to kind of like play that character where it's like you know he he the, the first scene that he shows up in in episode three he's just standing on top of a fucking random building just looking at the distance and just like being a stalker and it's like okay Who's this guy? Who who is he? What what what's what's his what's his end goal? Um, so just like playing that character and having that kind of like mystery surrounding him throughout the whole show um, until we got to that point with the Ota tribe, it was very like uh, it was super fun uh, for the most part, but it was also very challenging. Kind of like, well, I don't know if he's a bad guy. I don't know if he's like trying to betray the Minato tribe or take advantage of them or if he has ulterior motives. It turned out that he does have ulterior motives and he was taking advantage of the Minato tribe, but he still loves the Minato tribe. So it's like with the finale and everything with uh like happening between um like the final battle scene and like obviously uh big episode 12 spoilers uh you know it, it gets to the end uh kazuki and ojido have their scenes together where they're uh where they make up and uh kazuki rejoins the chiyoda tribe so uh but even though that happens uh kazuki doesn't interfere with any of the fight he just kind of lets it happen and just uh is on the sidelines so it's it's interesting because uh, it's almost like he's just between the two. He loves Ojido, but he loves the Minato tribe, and he doesn't want to like hurt anybody. But he really just wants to save his friend, and I just love that that was his motive. But there's no reason why he had to be so suspicious about it. He just wanted to help his friend, but I I find that so funny. It's it was just such a blast. I just found it weird. Like the one thing that really disappointed me was like you know when they did the whole reveal with his arm. I'm like I expected him to have like a robot arm or something, but no, it's just it's just a normal arm. I'm like okay, I guess well, that's it's, fine. <laughs> it's kind of it kind of because it, it has like those like blood valves which are super cool. Because uh, I, I I didn't get to really know anything about it. Marissa teased me, and we we were like halfway through the show, and and they were like oh yeah, and and. You know, I, I think I was just talking about, like, just how cool the show was. And then uh, Marissa just said, okay, well, wait till you get to the finale because you got, like, a big, like, a fight scene. And I was like, what? There's a what? There's a what scene? Uh, and so they, they teased that, like, I'd find out more about the arm and uh, that that was just really cool. But I, th- I think the way that they did the reveal... Um, was was it was cool how they executed it but it definitely wasn't what i was expecting it to look like yeah so i take it like you didn't uh watch the show in japanese like you weren't prepared for um what was coming um <laughs> yes and no um 
I did uh, know what to expect for the finale. Um, of course, like when I got the email, um, I, I was also just like in a call with with my like one of my friends, and I was playing Ting on Rampa too. Um, I saw the email, and I had to oh so quietly hide my just like excitement. And so when I found that out, I watched whatever was out um, just so I could like get a feel for the show. And I think it was just like one or two episodes that were out at the time. Um, So I watched like everything uh, leading up to the session, just so I could get a feel for like what the characters are, what the show is, what the world building is. And, um, but I tried to leave everything as a surprise for everything in the middle. Then um for episode 12 when it came out uh i talked about this before on on i think our wrap-up stream but there was a uh whenever the last episode aired uh in japan um there's this twitter account that i follow um called like uh what is it randomly generated i have it right here randomly generated i think it's just memes or something like that and it's it's just like a bunch of like uh anime character memes or whatever and i remember specifically the setup was uh like nagito komaida gets hit by a train <laughs> or something like that and so i thought it was funny because it was just like oh it's, i get it's it's nagito you got hit by a train that's funny and then uh marissa replied to that and just said spoilers and so I, I I messaged them and was just like, oh, wait, did, did oh my god, it, was that like Danganronpa two spoilers? I I like does Nagito Komaida actually get hit by a fucking train? I had no idea, and they were like, no, spoilers for Tribe Nine. And I said, what happens in the finale? What what happened in between eleven and twelve? Huh? So I just watched the finale because I just had to know from that point and saw like Kazuki and Ojiro doing like the, the, the classic Titanic pose at the front of the ship together as they get hit by a train. (laughs) And so um, that was like one of the only instances where I had to watch it ahead of time because I like, I was already just too, too invested after talking to them about like what happened so, uh, but I feel like that was that was justifiable. I had to find out the train lore. Um, I think there was a line where he's like, I, "I took a train for you" or something similar to that. And yeah, and when I heard that, I'm like, "J. Michael Tayton, you done it again." <laughs> <laughs> Man is a writing god when it comes to adapt- adapting. Oh my <laughs> goodness, Tatum! What? Oh my gosh! For uh, for full dive. Uh, I absolutely knew that it was Tatum whenever I got to like the end of like the first episode for like my bit where I just got to go like, mm, bye. <laughs> and that, was, that was just such a fun little, little thing. But I, I, I adore that man. Everything that he touches is just gold. And it's such a pleasure getting to, to work on a show where I get to work with his materials. It's, it's such a, such an amazing uh experience yeah there's this weird line that can't kind of came out of nowhere but it kind of surprised it 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 made it in especially considering the show was kind of mm. you know it wasn't wasn't r-rated it was very like very tame compared to other shows like uh, out now where where he where one character says you're kind of cute but i don't stick it in crazy i'm like you <laughs> that's yeah that's santoro that's 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 him all right um, I was also very surprised about that. I was like, whoa, oh my God, that's, it's, it's weird. But I mean, because uh, I don't know for that, for that specific scene, I don't know if that's like roughly what he says in Japanese, but I know Marissa said that they were able to get away with uh, like with doing some stuff. Like I, I get to call Yui a, a heartless bitch at one point. And the only reason that I got to say bitch was, I think, because that was the line or something like that. So as long as it's something that is used in the Japanese version, we can get away with 
uh whatever uh for the dub um so yeah for for any like for any hardcore like deliveries of stuff like that usually it's because uh they used it in the in the japanese airing of the show so we were just able to just to just use it and just like uh shock everyone with it because <laughs> it's very tame because like that's why i was surprised at the amount of fan service in in episode seven where it's like it's a very it's a yeah. show that was like very tame up until that point where i just felt like the creative team was like look we kind of need an episode where we just have women in bikinis for no reason okay we just we just we just need this okay <laughs> yeah i i definitely think the the overuse of having like your bikini episodes like they're in like anime everywhere like everyone knows it but there are definitely some places where we could probably do without it uh and that that could have been one of those cases i think the fact that like they used it in the sense where it's like this rich billionaire's home i like that makes sense you know todoroki is a pretty shitty person and you know would just have just a bunch of uh people in bikinis around so i guess it makes sense for that but it's still like a okay do 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 your thing i guess i guess but i mean it's not uh you know i i mean i didn't mind it because like you know you know whatever it's it's whatever it's not and nothing it's not, new it's i mean nothing. it's not it's not it's nothing new and look at you know trigger warning here at least this show didn't have someone getting sexually assaulted and then like everyone playing it off like it didn't happen because uh, that's a that's a problem with a lot of shows nowadays. Where that would have been an uh oh for sure. Because <laughs> uh, hello Glupnir, that was that was the that made me quit that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, someone tried to get sexually uh, sexually assaulted, and we just play it off like it never happened. Okay, I am done with this. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's just it's so weird. Like you know, you just watch a show that's like very light on fan service, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's a bunch just of slaps it, yeah, yeah, just in here's, one here's a bunch of fan service, and like it's because especially his assistant, where there's just one scene where the camera, you know, he's speaking, but the camera isn't on him. You can just see like him, his hand holding a glass of um, glass of wine. And you just see his assistant just standing there in a bikini, and I'm like, okay, you know, oh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's it it is a, a norm. It is a, something that most, if not all, shows well, not all shows, but most shows have. Yeah, I mean, and it's fine, you know. It's it's. I mean, it didn't bother me. It's fine. Like there were. It, it it served a purpose. Like I wasn't like it's like okay, you know, you you were doing it to serve a purpose. It's, it wasn't just there because you know, yeah. shock value. There are you know? definitely worse utilizations of stuff like that for sure. No, I mean it's not like Skeleton Knight where that's that's the first thing you see. It's like okay, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man, yeah, sorry. I, that that's a show that I just could not get into. I'm just like. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I actually hadn't heard about that, but I saw um, uh, Pelike uh, or Pelik. I, I can't remember how it's pronounced, but uh, got to do like the opening for that show, which was really cool because I I'd watched all of his like YouTube covers and stuff, and it's so awesome getting to see him do an actual uh, like anime opening for a show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, the show itself is fine, but it's the there are just like two two instances that really bugged me and it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of hard to ignore like once it's like okay fine you're setting up the tone that these are you know the bandits and they're you know terrible people yeah but at that same but then you know there's another episode where you know another character you know (laughs) is is um is almost uh sexually assaulted and it's kind of like okay there, there is a smart way to establish character motives and whether or not they're uh, an evil person by not going overboard with the worst possible like outcomes because they're definitely not needed uh, to be like story driven uh, points like that that show that they're a bad person. You can do other things and not be 
super risky with it. And I mean, I think the problem with it is like it's it wasn't it, you know I it's it wasn't just hey you know this is the thing we're going to be opening on. It was like later on in the episode, you know, you see him like trying to to to, to figure out what's you know how to take action against this while yeah. while <laughs> it's still happening, and I'm like, <laughs> it's gross, it's really gross. It's like oh, like that moment I realized oh, these aren't characters; they're just props to to um to to instigate that uh, these are terrible people. So. <sighs> writing processes for different shows are crazy <laughs> and and no i'm not saying this to be like oh we should cancel this look i mean if you enjoy this show fine i just personally thought it was kind of gross but that's just me oh yeah there's there's everyone's got their personal preferences for shows it's like hol- holy crap you mean you can you can criticize shows but but uh, but not have a problem with people who watch them Wow. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> but but yeah, um I just feel like, you know, nowadays like a lot of anime shows I just I, I, I'm out of the loop. I, I just watch I, I just see all these shows coming out and I'm just like, okay, you know, there must be an audience for this because it's getting made. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 whatever. Anyway, um, I just looked at the time and I just realized we've been talking for like an hour and I kind of need to to wrap things up. So um, before we get going, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Oh boy, uh, as far as current projects, I'm I'm kind of in uh, in 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 between stuff at the moment. Uh, I've actually got a big. Uh, I'm actually going to be moving to California um, here here in the next couple of weeks, uh, so that's that's a big exciting move for me, which I'm I'm hopeful will lead to many more opportunities that can further further my career. Uh, but yeah, as far as like where you can reach me, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, I'm on Twitch. Both of my usernames for both are J Van Doren VA. Um, those are, those are where I'm the most active on. I have like, I, I have YouTube and, um, and stuff, but I, I don't post on there as frequently. Um, but I'm very active on those platforms. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing really too big lined up at the moment. I'm, uh, just kind of getting moved, getting out there and trying to take steps to see where it all goes. Well, I mean, you better be prepared because California isn't isn't cheap to live to live in. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do have I do have nine to fives lined up just so people know that I'm not like going there and just on the streets. Uh, I've 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 got I've got a plan set up, and um, I know I have people supporting me. Uh, so if worse came to worse, which I honestly doubt it will, uh, I'll I'll be fine. Um, but it's it's a big move for me because I've never done something like this, especially on my own. I mean, I wish you all the best because that's that's a huge um, huge leap of faith, and I'm kind of glad you're taking it because it's you know real talk. I, I want to end this I want to end this episode on a positive because it's like you know, <laughs> it's like I don't want to end it on a downer. But uh, real talk, when I was watching um, Tribe Nine, the dub, and you know listening to you, I'm like, who is this guy? Because he's really 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 talented and i hope he you know understands that um he you know he takes that leap of faith and uh people take it take more chances on him because i feel like he could be you know he could be up there he could be like the next big breakout star honestly oh well thank you that's that's so that's so nice to hear yeah people people have been so supportive while i've been working on this show and it's it's always such a delight seeing um seeing like how people react to 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 the dub it's it's always such a pleasure thank you and um you know thank you so much for taking the time off to do this i know it was um, we had to like reschedule this because you know you're currently oh my gosh yes (laughs) yeah moving is such a it's such a thing isn't it (laughs) like i swear to god and you're not you're not the first person i've talked to that was like i I would love to do it dude but i'm currently in a move i'm like oh man is everything so shitty right now that everyone's trying (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah 
it, it worked out though. We got it. We got it figured out before. Uh, the, the, this'll, this'll be my, my last landmark of something in, in Missouri before I, before I book it to Cali. So uh, there's always that. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out. It was, it was fun getting to chill and uh, get to do my first like actual interview. It was, uh, it was really cool. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye.